You know, they say with advertising, you need to know your audience. And something tells me that with this guest, I'm going to have a few more females listening than usual. So with that being said, ladies, if you're looking for any handmade bracelets or uh, stamped charms for necklaces, stuff like that, check out Love Strands Jewelry. That's L-U-V-S-T-R-A-N-D-S. And you can find that lovestrands.etsy.com. There will be a link in the description of this episode. Uh, She makes handmade bracelets, necklaces, keychains, stuff like that. Uh, She's got uh, hand-stamped wraparound bracelets. You know, uh, check out the page. So anything could be personalized. Uh, If you want specific colors, if you want a specific message on a charm, that could be done. So lovestrands.etsy.com. And if you use the coupon code HERF, H-E-R-F, that'll get you free shipping. So go check out lovestrands.etsy.com and use the coupon code HERF, H-E-R-F, for free shipping. Now back to the regular audience. If you haven't heard me talk about it before, um, flatbedcigarcompany.com. Flatbedcigarcompany.com has a wide range of cigars for most every smoker. For the beginners, I would recommend the Panacea Black or Brown. Um, For the more advanced, you've got the rest of the Panacea line. Uh, You've also got the Henshaw Street, which is one of my personal favorite cigars. Uh, The Pencil Tucky, if you're looking for that Kentucky Fire Cured, but not too overpowering. Um, and he's got a bunch of new stuff as well. So check out flatbedcigarcompany.com and use the coupon code HC25 and that'll get you 25% off your first order. And Paul's really good about sending out coupon codes pretty much all the time. So you're pretty much never going to pay full price. So check out flatbedcigarcompany.com. And with that being said, uh, I've actually been in talks with Paul from flatbed and i think he's going to do an episode with me here pretty soon so hopefully that all works out and last but not least uh the govi hygrometer thermometers um they just came out with the wi-fi edition so now you could keep track of the humidity in your humidors via wi-fi uh it's basically the same model as the bluetooth version but now you could check on it while you're away. So uh, check that out. If you go on Amazon and you look for the GoV Wi-Fi hygrometer and you use the code HERF4321, that'll save you 20% on that hygrometer. So use the code HERF4321, and that's good until December 18th. So do you have, like, general questions you ask everybody? No, not at all. I, I usually Good go into these uh, like 100% winging it. So I'm guessing though you have some ballpark ideas. Of- well, yeah, like I like I told you before, I'm you know sure we'll talk about you know the bodybuilding, the well, you know that the I modeling, dancing, and, that I'm a dancer too. Yeah, you know, yeah. dance gay bars. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an interesting. <laughs> so. Well, so there you go. We got, we got plenty. Like, we so got plenty to talk gay about gay there. So are you gay? No. Are you bi? No. But you dance at gay bars. Yeah. Well, that's. I have kids and I pay child support. Yeah. I have a house. <laughs> All right, so what's up, everybody? This is Brian with the Herfcast. Uh, here with uh, with an old friend of mine, Charlie uh, Dex, 
Alexander and his friend Kathy. Kathy, uh, last name or <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, it's going to be hard to spell when I do the uh, title then. So uh, anyway, so so Charlie and Kathy are here uh, joining me. Um, let's see, me and me and Charlie probably met somewhere around second grade or so. Uh, that's you know, 30 fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's a scary number, 30 so, years ago. Charlie doesn't usually smoke cigars. Uh, Charlie is uh, uh, quite the interesting dude. He's, um, uh, let's see, in, in your words, you grew up the uh, the fat kid. Stereotypical fat kid. The stereotypical fat kid, Shy, which I, dorky. I was I was as well. I Unfortunately, I just never grew out of it. <laughs> so uh, Charlie is now a uh, bodybuilder. Uh, male model, male dancer, <laughs> uh, fitness coach. Uh, uh, are you fitness coach or just a personal trainer? Or uh, a little both. I mean, I'm a personal trainer during the week, but I do like uh, I have online clients. And yeah, I mean, it was. I think that's why I became a trainer was hating the way I fucking looked and felt. I can't yeah. tell us yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, definitely, definitely. Explicit. Be, be some f bombs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm pretty sure you've heard me talk before. Um, but, um, oh, yeah, I never hooked those up. So, so I, I had everything in my car before tonight because uh, I was I was going to do a do an episode somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, I forgot to bring everything in until about an hour ago. So you don't have to worry about Ash and it. Just, you keep these on? I'm sorry? Headphones? No, no, they're not. They're not plugged in. I forgot to plug them in, so. Uh, anyway, rough start, whatever. So, uh, I've got uh, a couple of cigars for Charlie and Kathy. They, uh, I, was, I was sticking with mild. Charlie requested mild, so went with the uh, Macanudo Inspirado White, and I went with the black because I'm not much of a mild smoker. Um, this is it's actually the combination I I did with. Uh, I had one of my buddies come by. Uh, he's a local comedian. His name's Coffee Black. And, um, Why does it sound familiar? He came by to do uh, race relations, and you know, since we were doing race relations, I had him smoke the uh, the, <laughs> the Inspirado White while I smoked the Black. So, but anyway, uh, they're they're good go-to cigars. Um, Charlie's got some De Serrano on the rocks. Kathy's got some Woodford Reserve, and I've got the Weller. So, um. Yeah, basically, uh, so Char- Charlie's had a, a pretty interesting go so far. You've done a lot of travel. Um, I guess wherever you want to start, because um, I ran into I randomly ran into you at the bar long ago, and this is like right when you were, I, I don't know if you were heavy into the bodybuilding stage or if that bro- was I, the beginning. I, I kind of broke out of my fat kid stage probably 20 two twenty three and it happened pretty quick um i mean i was actually just telling her the story today um actually the the, the one picture i think uh i posted on facebook quite a few times you probably remember it's uh mike Kleitch was in there justin bussey nathan vensky but it was like my sixth or seventh birthday party and here i am doing a double bicep shot at, at seven years old i mean as far back as i can remember i've been overly fascinated with gigantic muscles and I don't know where the hell it came from because I don't have an older brother. My dad never worked out a day in his life. Um, I don't know where the the 
obsession came from, but as far back as I can remember, I've been obsessed with fucking gigantic muscles. So most of those years being a fat kid, I was actually still probably like one of the strongest kids in school. I lifted weights. I just ate like complete shit. No. So sometime around, yeah, probably like the good old Sheffield days, probably 22, 23 years old. Finally, it was enough's enough. And I think one summer I dropped, I don't know, probably like 60 pounds. Yeah. Finally got to show some of that muscle I had hiding underneath. Yeah. So back then, so that that's when I when I uh, when we got together on Facebook, and back then you were quite the quite the interesting person to follow with uh, <laughs> my early Facebook. Yeah, oh, with, yeah, with with the random with the random uh, messages that you would post before uh, kids. Which, yeah, which which most would most would most would say uh, extremely male chauvinistic, oh, but yeah. anybody. Anybody who knew you knew otherwise, but um, I still got a pretty bad reputation just based off my social media. Yeah, people that don't know that people that have never met me and are only on my Facebook either think I'm a cocky asshole or I'm a rock star, or party animal. Uh, God, it couldn't be any further from the truth. Yeah, and people are like, "What's it like being a model?" I'm like, "I'm a fucking dad that stands in front of a camera once a month." Like it's, yeah. So you're doing a lot of traveling with that as of late, um, and most recently you were on your way back from a photo shoot. Is that? Uh, it was a it was a book signing. Uh, actually, Kathy was with me. Uh, was my last one I did just did. I was in uh, West Virginia. You're talking about the heart failure. Yeah. I found. Yeah. So there's three of us. Um, I went on a. It was a, just almost like a bit of a tour. It was about two months of just nonstop traveling. It was. Uh, from Cincinnati to Nashville to New York to West Virginia, photo shoots lined up at almost all of them. My stress was at an all-time high. Um, I'm just I'm always very hard on myself, you know, and I just I feel like I never look like your stereotypical model. So I would beat the shit out of myself to try to get in shape, and I was abusing the hell out of stimulants, fat burners, caffeine, uh, you name it. And my heart was going nonstop every single day for months. And uh, coming back from West Virginia, I was on my third or fourth energy drink, and my heart was going probably 200 beats a minute, and I thought I was having a heart attack. We pulled over on the side of the road, and finally I said, call 911. I knew something bad was going on. And, uh, yeah, that's when they found uh, my heart was a mess, a congestive heart failure they found. So here I am drinking and puffing on a cigar. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I... good life. You know, that's, I... I I was uh, thinking as thinking of you as as a guest before that happened, and then that happened. It's like, well, shit. It's like, you know, gee, is, is he going to want to come by and you know have a cigar and and whatnot? Actually, but, I think when you asked me to do the podcast, I think I was either in the emergency room or in the hospital, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot in between there. Um, you know, I I don't know. That's what what do you what do you want to go with? Do you want to go with uh, bodybuilding? Uh, the how you got into uh, modeling? So I mean, I almost consider myself a retired bodybuilder at this point because it's been now over three years since I've been on stage. Uh, my youngest son is two and a half, and it was pretty much a little after he was born. Um, actually, the last time I was on stage, my ex-wife was pregnant with him. And that was the last time I was on stage after he was born, having two little kids running around. It was it was very tough to uh, bodybuilding is such a 
I don't even consider it a sport. It's it's a complete lifestyle. Um, it's it's twenty four seven. And when you're getting ready for a show, it's the most selfish thing on the planet. Like nothing matters but that show. Nobody else around you, your family, everybody comes second or last. Um, and the last time I competed, it it really tore me and my oldest son not tore us apart, but it just we drifted far away from each other because I was so focused on the show that he was just I would get to him whenever I had a chance. So. After uh, my youngest son was born, I just I decided to hang it up for a while. I'll be back on stage again someday. And I was actually just telling Kathy uh, this past week, like now that I've been diagnosed with this congestive heart failure, I'm very competitive. Uh, that's, that's like bodybuilding is probably one of the most competitive things on the planet, but it's like giving me new incentive or motivation now to get my ass back on stage just to kind of like defy the odds and, you know, show that it can be done. I'll have to go about it a little bit differently. I won't be able to do tons of fat burners or stimulants. I have to kind of do it the old-fashioned way and just diet my ass off, but uh, I'll be on stage again sometime. You know, oh, being, I... being 37, um, uh, one of the greatest Mr. Olympias of all time won his last Mr. Olympia at 43 years old, so realistically I still got yeah. at least another five or ten years. Yeah, that's you mentioned getting back into it, and that's I, I remember asking you, uh, uh, obviously it's been, been quite a while if, if you haven't been doing it for, for almost three years. Um, I remember asking you because – after a competition, you would just go fucking balls out, <laughs> eat 12 pizzas, That's an understatement. 50 wings. That's an understatement. Yeah. And I, I remember asking, it's like, damn, dude, like, why, how, why, why do you do that? And, and you explained it to me. It's like, well, you know, kind of like any other sport, you know, bodybuilders have seasons. You know, you have the on, the on season yep. and the off season. And when it's the off season, you just, you, Man, some some of the some of the pictures I've I've seen you post with uh, the food that you ate, and it's fucking surprising. And you and you would go from, you know, what, whatever weight you were at, and you would gain twenty pounds in a couple of so, days. So actually, this is absolutely fucking mind blowing, and it still boggles my mind. The very first show I ever did was whew, 12, 13 years ago. Um, I binged so hard after that show. That in seven days, so in a week, one week span from Saturday to Saturday, I put on 38 pounds in seven days. God damn. And uh, I probably should have ended up in the hospital. I had such bad swelling and edema that I couldn't even bend my legs. Um, I was having a hard time breathing, just at rest. I mean, it was, it's the weirdest thing. Like when you get ready for a show, you start to feel like you're in prison. Like you look at like the most basic foods, like a Ritz cracker or like a bologna sandwich, and it just looks so fucking magical. And you just know you can't eat it. So when that show is over with, you feel like you've just been released from prison and you can now go do whatever the hell you want. And you get tastes of foods that you haven't had in months. And the taste is like your taste buds go nuts. And it's it's almost uncontrollable. I would sit there and eat to the point where I'd almost vomit and then just keep eating. Like I would be doubled over in pain and just still stuffing my face, like not even being able to breathe. It's the weirdest thing to explain, but other That's, other bodybuilders can relate. It's I, I get that, but definitely not on that level. Like that's, Very that that is a whole nother level. Because I mean, you know, I I kind of go back and forth with uh, the ketogenic diet, and the first time that I I took a break from it, you know, I'm basically eating no sugar, anything for it was it was probably about two two and a half months, uh, cutting all the all the carbs out, and then you know, like the first. The first blizzard that I had after that, it was just magical. Yeah, magical. yeah, just all, all these flavors that you forgot yep. about. Which, which at the same time, you you realize that you could live without them. But once once you get back into it, it's it's hard to 
it's hard to control yourself. Uh, you know, I, I will say, like, talking about the whole bodybuilding thing, it's crazy because, I mean, actually bodybuilding, I mean, somebody like myself, you know, competing for whatever it was, almost 12 years, like, you're just always kind of permanently a bodybuilder. Like, I'm even though I haven't competed in three years, I'm still eating chicken and broccoli for the bulk of my meals. Um, it's like it just becomes kind of instilled, like permanently programmed in your DNA after a while. Um, but in general, I would say bodybuilding is one of the most unhealthy sports or lifestyles on the planet, both physically and mentally. Like getting yourself down to that low body fat percentage, like you feel like walking death. Uh, mentally, it just beats the shit out of you. Um, you get moody, you get you get tired, you get crabby. Um, it's not, it's anybody that's been bodybuilding for a long time will tell you it just, it messes with you. And, and I'm dealing with it now is once you've been on stage and you've competed and you've got yourself into some sort of crazy, crazy shape where you're well under 5% body fat and you see the way that looks in the mirror, anything outside of that, you feel like a fat ass. I mean, I think the last time I checked my body fat, I was still like 9% body fat, which is ridiculously lean. Yeah. I look in the mirror and all I see is fat. Like, look at your stomach, you're fat, where's your abs at? Like, it Because you've seen yourself at that point, and anything outside of that now just doesn't compare. So even, so it, even after shedding the, the younger age fat, and well, even though you're still in better, better shape, better condition than that, you still feel that way after, after bodybuilding? It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm extremely, extremely hard on myself, and almost every bodybuilder on the planet is the same way. Every bodybuilder looks in the mirror, and they either think that they're too fat or they're too small, like they're not muscular enough. So very rarely do I look in the mirror and actually see something I like or pat myself on the back, or very rarely do I go, oh, wow, you look really good today. It's usually the opposite, like, ah, shit, your stomach's getting soft, your arms don't look as big as they used to. But on that flip side, as hard as I am on myself, I can walk into a gr any grocery store or go to the movie theater, and I'm confident as shit. Like, I know I'm, I look better and I'm in better shape than 99.99% of the population. Yeah. So I walk in any room, you know, uh, making eye contact with everybody. My chest is up, walking upright. Um, I guess it's more like when I'm in the comforts of my own home, when it's just me, me alone looking in the mirror. I'm just, I'm very hard on myself, but... If I'm in any type of like public setting or uh, social situation, I'd like to say I'm pretty damn confident. I mean, the dancing and the modeling obviously helps a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, getting paid to get on book covers and shake my junk so, on stage. So how did how did the book covers start? Uh, that came after well, the so dancing, that so right? That, so yeah, so that actually ties the bodybuilding and the the modeling actually tie together. So. Um, it's actually, it's a fairly simple story. Um, a guy that comes to my gym, he's been coming to the gym since I've worked there. I've known the guy for seven or eight years. Um, I had no idea the guy even owned a camera, um, but it was actually my last competition that I did three years ago. Um, I was prepping for the show and I was getting close to stage time and I was getting some really damn good shape. And uh, Reggie, he's, he's my main photographer. He walked up to me one day and he's like, you know, damn, man, you're, you're looking really good. You want to you wanna do a photo shoot soon? And not even knowing he had a camera, I kind of looked at him confused. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'd like to do a photo shoot with you sometime. So fast forward, I, I competed. I think it was the very next week. Um, he had a nice studio set up in his basement. We did a photo shoot. Um, and I just kind of did it for shits and giggles, not expecting anything from it. I, never in a million years did I ever think I'd be a model. It's even weird calling myself a model at this no. point, to be honest. Um, so that was three years ago. We did a, a very basic brief photo shoot. Um, 
I ended up selling one book cover out of that photo shoot. Um, me and him had a falling out where we went about a year, year and a half not talking. And accidentally, I grew this gigantic beard out and come to find out <laughs> these big-ass beards are a big thing in the book world. Um, and, and to specify, and everybody's like, oh, you mean like Fabio, right? So it's, it's uh, modeling for romance novels. Yeah. Um, but the, the big thing now is most of these characters are ex-convicts, bikers. You know, they have the rough and tough, rugged look with the beards, the tats, which in my arm sleeve is now pretty much complete. But uh, we patched things up about a year and a half ago, and my, my beard was quite long at the time. And that was kind of the icebreaker was, hey, man, that beard's looking really good. We, sh- we should shoot again sometime. So I started shooting with him again uh, about a year and a half ago, and man, things just, they took off like really, really fast um, to where I, I would do one photo shoot with him, and I would sell six or eight book covers out of one quick, brief photo shoot. Um, and then, I mean, to be honest, the whole this whole modeling thing is, is really taken off. I mean, I hate to toot my own horn, but... Beep, beep, um, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> It's uh, like there's kind of like different levels, like the, the top guys, they're on like 100 plus book covers. And I mean, here I am with one fucking book cover. Yeah. Um, so I started shooting with him again and just authors started just scooping up my pictures. I started selling pictures left and right. And, um, you know, when you've kind of like landed, when you start getting invited to book signing events. So um, usually about once a month, there's some sort of like major book signing event somewhere in the United States where it's a giant book convention you get hundreds of authors that show up with their books for sale and um if an author's got enough money they'll invite one of their models to come with to sign the books that they're on the covers of so in two uh well yeah we're still in 2018 um about midway through this year um i got invited to my first book signing which was like oh my god this is amazing i'm getting invited to a book signing um I did a lot of networking. I met a lot of authors when I was there. Um, and basically, I went from getting invited to one book signing to within like a two-week period, getting invited to like every major book signing over the next almost two years. Like I'm I'm now getting booked into 2020, including Australia, London. Oh, shit. Um, I'm going on a Carnival Cruise next year. That's a book signing event. I'm going to uh, Alabama. That's like a riverboat cruise. Um but I was talking with my photographer and he's, he's like one of the biggest names in the industry. And I told him that I got invited to 14 events in a matter of a month. And he just couldn't believe it. He goes, he honestly says it's never been done before. So I went from more or less selling one book cover to a matter of like a month or two, getting invited to every book signing under the sun. So I get to travel the country, actually now the world with Australia and, and London. Um, no, it's been wild. It's, um, it's a, it's it's an interesting world. Um, so, I mean, it's to, to it, Kathy's been to a few of them with me, so that's yeah. why she's laughing. Um, an average event is maybe five hundred to a thousand people that show up. There's out of that thousand people, there's maybe five guys there. So thousand people, there's nine hundred ninety five females. Yeah, and you're 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 sitting there in a tank top, and it's like you're in a ocean of sharks and you're the, the bloody tuna that just got dropped in the ocean. So I've had some interesting offers and yeah. it's, I got some stories. I don't know. I don't know what, what, uh, what are the listeners are going to be, which listeners are going to be listening to this. So I 
have to kind of zip my lip yeah, on some yeah. of the stuff. No, it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I've got about an average of like 40 downloads, so it's not, not like this is going out to the world or anything. No, I'm going to promote the shit out of this. You're, oh, gonna, you're, you're about to have 5,000 after this interview. Hey, trust me. Hey, that works, man. With my following. It's, uh, you know, go, go, I go back and forth between, uh, you know, like local stuff and cigar stuff. You know, like I said, uh, uh local comics and whatnot. I've had, uh, I think four, four local comics on, um, I've had, uh, an author, the, the book that's behind, that's fine. That's, I, I vacuum all the time. Like. <laughs> I vacuum out here more than I do in my house. So. I don't vacuum at all. Yeah. I have Kathy do it. <laughs> <laughs> Best friend and uh, maid. Yeah. Um, she, might actually, she might actually be moving in with me. Be an interesting uh, yeah. situation. So you guys are, are not together, together? It's the most interesting, awkward. No, no, it's not even that. It's So she, she's one of my clients at the gym. So that's how we, we first met is she became one of my clients and... Uh, me and her, our personalities are almost identical, right? Right. So we went from clients or, you know, trainer-client relationship. Uh, we were both very, very open about everything in life, like right from the get-go. So we built up like a decent friendship. Um, I won't say too much, but relationship-wise, I was in like a weird, twisted love triangle at the time, and she had her own things going on. and we were both like in just messy situations and every time she would come in to train, they would just turn into full blown therapy sessions where there'd be times she'd be crying about whatever's going on in her life and she'd be stressed and I would have all kinds of fucked up shit going on and we legit became each other's therapists and yeah. uh, the relationship just kept building. And then um, actually it was probably just this past year, this past summer, she started coming with me to some of the book signings. Uh, she's came out to see me shake my junk on stage a few times <laughs> And our friendship just took off. I just, um, we just, I guess the friendship could go one way or the other after that. And that's either going to be, you know, real close or real far apart. So, uh, we've gotten pretty damn close. Yeah. So, we'll be friends forever. Let me see. How did you start dancing? Oh, Is God. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd say it was an interesting story. Um, so my ex-wife at the time was about seven months pregnant. And I just started at the gym, so I was not making any money at all. She was uh, working a job, minimum wage. And we started going over the expenses of a child, and she starts showing me what daycare costs. And I about shit myself. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a mortgage payment for one child? Like, it was almost $1,000. And we were both looking at each other like, how are we going to do this? And uh, she talked about finding another job, but at seven months pregnant, I'm like, I'm not going to let you work two jobs being seven months pregnant. So um, I don't know if you remember, I used to bounce at Wood Hollow. Yeah. So I used to do like security gigs back in my early 20s. So I kind of thought about something like that just to bring in some extra cash. But I did the math on it and it just wouldn't be enough money to actually pay for, for daycare. So... Um, I had people in my, in the past tell me like, dude, you should become a dancer. Like you got the body for it. You should do it. You know? And I just, I've never been on a dance floor day in my life. Like you before, like you couldn't give me enough money to fucking dance. And like, if I danced, it would be your typical white boy dance. Um, the sprinkler, the lawnmower. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, your typical wedding dances and, um, God, I can't even remember if it was me or if it was one of my friends that said, you know, you should, you should, you should go dance. Uh, there was a guy at the gym who I actually now still model with. Um, 
this was a big dude that came into the gym. He was, he was about my size, shaved head, goatee, just looked scary as fuck, jack, tattoos. And he had some bad resting bitch face. Like, this was a dude you just did not want to walk up to. But every time he came into the gym, like, people would, like, snicker and whisper, like, oh, that dude's a stripper. I heard he's a stripper. But nobody would ever speak a word to this guy. Nobody spoke a single thing to him ever. And all the time he came into that gym. And um, finally, I'm like, fuck it. I, I need to make some money. And if I got to dance, I got to dance. Um, I walked up to him one day, had no idea what his name was. And my opening line was, hey, I, I know this is kind of weird, but uh, is it true you're a stripper? And he just kind of looks at me and he gave me a big old smile and a chuckle. And he's like, well, I used to be. He's like, you know, not anymore. And that, you know, that basically opened up the conversation that, uh, you know, he, he basically helped me out. He gave me some contacts to get started. Um, he gave me the number to this lady that I still work for now. She schedules me at a few different bars in Chicago. And uh, she wanted some pictures to make sure, you know, I was in decent shape. And she's like, yeah, can you start this weekend? <laughs> and I'm like, um, okay. And, uh, man, dude, I'll never forget. I did not sleep for like fucking three or four days of just extreme paranoia. I was so fucking freaked out. Um, I was on YouTube looking up like go-go dancer videos, like how to dance. I'm like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be real bad. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So what I do, I go to the liquor store, pick up a giant bottle of flavored vodka. I get there about an hour early and just sat in the parking lot and just slammed a fucking full bottle of vodka and just said, fuck it. And uh, it was my turn to go up. Um, and it was the weirdest thing. I got up on stage and... You know, I guess the best way to explain it is um, I think everybody's pretty familiar with the whole Heath Ledger story. Um, you know, he committed suicide, but they said one of the reasons he committed suicide was he got so deep into that Joker role that he yeah. couldn't get out. And I've heard a lot of Hollywood actors that they really get deep into their role of who they're playing. And I guess the best way to explain it, and it, it's still this way now, and I've been dancing for seven years now, that's... Uh, when I get up on that stage, the second I get on that stage, it's like a switch goes off in my head and I completely turn into a different person and I'm no longer Charlie, I'm Dex, that which no. that's where the name Dex comes from. That's my stage name. Um, I go into character and it's, I got up there for the first time and it was just not even thinking about it. The switch goes off in my head. I, I, I go into this fucking magic mic type character and the fucking dance moves just start coming out of me to the point where I'm looking down at my body and I'm going, how is this happening? I don't dance. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at my hips. They're moving. <laughs> and, uh, everybody I talked to that night, like I said, they're, they're gay bars I dance at, which that's, that's a, a whole story in itself. Um, nobody believed me that it was my first time dancing. They, everybody thought I was like a seasoned veteran that's been dancing for years. And yeah, that was uh, a little over seven years ago. God, it's been that long. I've been dancing for seven years. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, Brady, yeah, so Brady just turned seven last week, so, um, and I started dancing two months before he was born, so yeah, a little over seven years. Damn, I didn't realize uh, he was that old now. So. And I will say, dancing pays a whole lot more money than security does. Oh, I'm sure. That's the pay's, you know, the pay's not as good as it used to be. I don't know if it has anything to do with the economy or just dancers in general, but, man, I could dance one night a week. And pay for my mortgage at the end of the month. Yeah. Off uh, four nights. Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty good money at first. Now, the money's still pretty good, but it's maybe half of what it was. Um, if I'm lucky, a good month I'll pull in. If I'm busy, anywhere from five hundred to a thousand. And that's it's for one hour a night. So like when I dance, I'm I'm on stage for a total of one hour. 
And I always like to specify it's go-go dancing. It is not stripping. There's no nudity. There's no lap dances. There's no private rooms. I'm in boxer briefs. There's no thongs. There's no G-strings. It's I, I dance on a little three-foot by three-foot box. And, uh, yeah, Kathy can – she could tell you it's – it's pretty PG thirteen. It's no. it's not as it's not near as sexual as you think. Like as weird as it would be, like even if you showed up, like it wouldn't be too too awkward or uncomfortable. It it's 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 pretty basic. That's that's interesting. So, um, so would would you be the only one out there at one time, or like you, you um, said you're on a three foot by three foot? So most so. Uh, pretty much every single place I dance at, we do uh, sets. So basically, you go for like twenty minutes at a time. You're up there by yourself. Like I said, it's a very small box. Uh, there's one place I danced at in Chicago in, uh, in Boys Town where we all just pretty much get up on the bar, kind of like a Coyote, Coyote Ugly, Ugly yeah. where there's like maybe four or five of us on the bar, which I will say having a size 14 shoe trying to dance on a little 12-foot bar, is uh, it's a scary thing. When you're six foot three and you weigh a bit much, yeah. it's a it's a far drop down, but that's where Kathy's come to watch me dance. Oh, no, you came to Atmosphere too. Yeah, she's seen me shake it quite a bit. That's so, probably why she's such a good friend of mine. She's <laughs> after after she, after she saw the elephant in the pants. Oh, so now uh, you do you do both gay and straight or um it's ninety nine percent gay bars. Um, you know, and, and people are always like, why gay bars? Um, in general, gay people just have more money. Uh, they don't have kids. They uh, they all live in like fancy areas downtown Chicago. I, you know, I, they all just seem to have better jobs for whatever reason. But um, they tip better than females because uh, even though they're gay bars, you still get females to show up. Um, you're lucky to get a dollar bill out of most females. Where the gay guys, they just they'll they'll throw money at you. Um, I've done a handful of like house shows, like bachelorette parties and stuff, birthday parties. Those usually pay pretty well, but. Uh, this is the best way I put it. So, being a guy, would you feel more comfortable walking through the men's locker room naked, or would you feel more comfortable walking through the women's locker room naked? Probably the men's room, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess I could so see is, that. So, as weird as it is, like, I'm actually more comfortable dancing for gay guys. Um, I feel like gay guys are much less judgmental. Um, or I've, I've actually had nights where I dance where women show up and they start nitpicking on the shoes I'm wearing or my underwear color. It's like... Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why the hell are you looking at my shoes? <laughs> Where gay guys, they just, they're so, they're so much more like just carefree and loving. They're less judgmental, um, super laid back. I mean, just, they don't, they don't let stupid shit bother them. So, no, it's, it's weird as it sounds. I feel more comfortable dancing at gay bars than I do for females. No. All right. So... Aside from all that, I guess we'll we'll break up the the model and dancing and whatnot. Um, for I don't know how many years it's been now, but uh, every year you uh, you put together a a drive uh, for the homeless in the city. It's been going on for a while, actually. I was just showing Kathy; it just popped up on my Facebook memories from probably about seven eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we just talked. We just talked about this about a week ago. So Kathy came with me uh, this past Thanksgiving, and uh, we put together some food. And you know, a lot of people like to do stuff for the homeless, where they volunteer at shelters. You know, where more or less the food is already provided, where you're just basically shoveling food on a plate. Yeah. Where um, I just always feel like it's it's just so much more satisfying and rewarding to go out and buy the food yourself and hand deliver it to them. You know, like literally where they're living on the sidewalk. Um, 
And I think where that started was probably uh, dancing seven, eight years ago. I would drive downtown, and uh, anytime I was having a hard day, like life sucks, fucking everything's going wrong, you know, I'd be driving downtown and see some guy sleeping on a sidewalk um, or, or, you know, going through a dumpster looking for food. And then all of a sudden you realize real quick that your problems aren't near as bad as what you thought yeah. they were. And um, yeah, it, it kind of just started just driving, you know, I, I would get done dancing, I'd stop off, grab some tacos or McDonald's, and just randomly grab more and go find a homeless guy and go feed him. And it just, it kind of went from there. And, uh, eventually I started getting like groups of people together. Uh, we used to do a big years and years ago. Um, but ever since I've had kids or at least since my youngest son has been born, I haven't, I haven't done it as much. Um, and I didn't have my kids for this Thanksgiving. So I figure, well, it, well not only that, but I just got diagnosed with my, my heart condition. No. So I feel like almost every morning that I wake up, I'm blessed with life. And even though I have this heart condition, I still have it better off than the majority of the population. I feel. Yeah. So it's a, uh, yeah, Kathy can vouch. It's, it's, it's a rewarding feeling. Um, I mean, I've had times where I've had grown men break into tears from giving them a subway, you know, sandwich and yeah. chips, you know, where me or you, you know, we can walk into a subway and not even blink an eye, swipe our car. And it's no big deal. It's just, it's just a normal day where for them, I mean, you get a grown man, you know, crying his eyes out for subway it's it's touching. It makes you it, you drive home after a day like that, and, and you you look at life and appreciate things a little bit more. Yeah. So the only thing is we're starting to learn is it's very tough to actually find homeless people on Thanksgiving Day because there's so many shelters and churches open that there's very few actually out on the streets. Well, I was gonna bring up like I I would think that that would be, I mean not not necessarily like not alone not only the most rewarding day to do it, but probably the most uh most accurate day to do it because uh, i mean you know not to sound like an asshole or anything but you know there's there's always the the guys that don't belong out there that are that are panhandling yeah. and whatnot that that are faking it and and just making money uh you know i i have had it happen to me where i where i've given somebody a, a bag of mcdonald's and i've watched them walk around the corner and throw it in the garbage we we found some of those you know, at thanksgiving we, we and, saw people that they just wanted money they yeah, didn't want food. And they see, just want I, I would think on Thanksgiving, anyone who, anyone who who had anything would be with their family instead of out trying to scam the system or not not the system. <coughs> I don't know. I sound like an asshole, but to to scam good people, um, you know that's I I would think Thanksgiving is definitely the day to do it. Uh, you're you know like you said, um, the the ones that you do find on the street, you know, uh, they they're not even willing to go to a shelter. You know that. They, they've got to be down on themselves. That's, that's an interesting story, actually. I remember this. Man, this is this is literally probably 10 or 15 years ago. Is the show 2020 even still on TV? I don't know. But uh, it was like a special on 2020. This is out in California where some guy was making between like two to $400 a day cash. Um, they were investigating this whole thing where uh, he, would, he would stand out on this corner he would he would get done for the day, walk down like six or seven blocks, and he got into a black Porsche 911 Turbo. Yep, that's I it mean blew my mind. Like this guy's standing on the corner, asking yeah. for money, and he's yeah. getting into a Porsche. Yeah. Well, that and there's there's people that you know have have their bum clothes in a locker, right. and you know family doesn't even know that dad's unemployed. He's just you know leave the house in a suit, go downtown, change into the bum clothes. And panhandle all day. Yeah, I mean, I, if and, you do some quick math on that, if if you can pull in say four hundred dollars a day somewhere out like in L.A., it's over a hundred thousand dollars a year cash. Yeah. 
That's some big money. Yeah, no taxes. No taxes. That's what I said. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I love about the dancing and the modeling the most is it's all cash. No. All cash. So so do you – I guess it's different from serving because serving you – uh, you know, credit cards, you, you have to claim those tips, but cash, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for the day the IRS comes and chases me down No, because with what I make at the gym, which is absolutely fucking pennies, as opposed to what gets deposited in my bank account, I'm sure at some point I'm going to get a phone call from IRS. <laughs> how, how, how many followers are going to listen to this? Why don't you just announce it? <laughs> I, li- I live in Crown Point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. No, don't don't forget he's got kids that he's supporting too. Like you know, don't don't screw him over. So. I will stab you. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is it? Uh, seven and five then. Uh, Brady just turned. Uh, my little guy's only two and a half. A little over two and a half. Brady just turned seven last week. So yeah, that's, that's a whole. That's a. I mean, that's if you, if you follow me on on social media at all. I mean, you can see I'm a dad through yeah. and through. Like they they are my world. It, they're the reasons I got fucking three jobs and worked my ass off and now have congestive heart failure because <laughs> yeah. I'm working my ass off so much. Uh, I would I would do anything to, to provide for those kids. You know, they're, they're my, my absolute world. But uh, um, you're a hockey fan, right? Yeah. My oldest, um, well, God, we were just talking about this too. Like, I've always been about 6'2", but I've somehow <laughs> grown so I'm now I'm closer to six three, which it sounds very weird because you're supposed to shrink as you get older. Um, well, my ex-wife is about six foot, and um, Brady is I think the second youngest on his hockey team, and he's roughly the same size as most of the nine year olds, and he oh, just yeah. turned seven. So we'll see. I mean, it's kind of hard to predict, but I'm assuming he's going to be at the absolute minimum my height. But I'm assuming he's going to probably be somewhere between six four and six six. No, geez. just based off his growth right now. Yeah. Um, and he is a fucking phenomenal goalie, like extremely, extremely talented. Um, so I'm looking for them to be some some studs in some sports. My my little guy, he's a little tank. I'm hoping he's going to be my football player, especially since that's what I played in high school. So how do you feel about that uh, with, with all the CTE and everything? Football um, and the injuries? Yeah. Well, that's why my oldest is has not played football yet because my ex-wife is paranoid about it. But it's like, wait a second, you don't want him playing football, but he's playing hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Um That's I, I ask because you're you're a few years ahead of me. My son's three. I know the day is gonna come where I have to like if he wants to play this, I'm not gonna hold him back from anything. I just you know, wondering how how to how to deal with that. I guess, I guess uh, you being know. a football player myself and remembering some of the injuries from high school, it does worry me a little bit. Um and it's amazing how much bigger these kids are getting. Um I mean, some of these high school kids are just fucking gigantic. Um, I remember my grandpa telling me um, he played football back in high school, and he said the average player was around five foot seven and one hundred and fifty pounds. Jeez! Now you wouldn't even make it onto the football team at that no. at that size. But uh, by the time my kids get to high school, it's the kids are going to probably be gigantic. The the level of athleticism and power and speed, and those hits are no joke. Um, I still have neck issues from high school football just from some of the head-on collisions well shit you remember the story with ken frankis yeah yeah i mean he ended up in a freaking coma they had yeah. to operate on his brain from a head-on collision um so, i mean it does scare me a little bit but um i would only put my youngest in a football if he was ready for it if he was and i'm assuming he's going to be one of the bigger kids um 
I would be more nervous if my kid was the small small kid on the team. Yeah. But Austin, my little guy, he's probably going to be the one that's putting the punishment and yeah. putting people yeah. on the injured list yeah. as big as he is. <laughs> um, you know what? Prior to him playing hockey, I've, I've never been a big hockey guy myself. I'm starting to become one now. I actually now know what icing and offsides means. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> never that knew that before. That, that takes a while. Um, but uh, I'm always the type I would never, like me being a bodybuilder, I would never in a million years ever push my kids into bodybuilding, never push them in the weight room. Whatever they want to do, whatever they enjoy, I let them do it. Um, so if they don't want to play football, I mean, you know, I might bring it up to them, but uh, whatever they want to do. Now, I remember pictures of uh, Brady, you know, real small, and I, I can't remember if it was weights or just some, <laughs> some sort of working out. That was a recent picture. It was probably within the last six months. The fucking kid is shredded. He's like negative three percent body fat. No, but didn't didn't you have a picture when he was just like three or something where he was he was doing something with weights? Um, I used to. Well, I used to drag him in the gym with me every now and then. Um, the daycare would be closed, so I would just literally drag him up to the weight room with me. I would put like YouTube on my phone or something like that and have him just chill out. And he'd get kind of curious about you know the weightlifting, so I'd hand him some like little dumbbells and he uh. It's a really cool feeling. Like he literally th- looks at me as like a superhero, and I mean, no joke. Like if I say, "Hey, hey buddy, who'd win in a fight, me or the Incredible Hulk?" He won't even hesitate. Oh, you'd kick his ass, Dad. You're <laughs> you're way stronger than the Hulk, and he truly believes it. No, he yeah, we we were watching the last Fast and Furious, and the fucking Rock was just looking like a fucking monster. And he looks at me and he goes, "Daddy, are you bigger than the Rock?" And I go, "I don't know, buddy. What do you think?" He goes. Yeah, I think you're much bigger. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, son. Don't don't ever let him meet him. But uh, yeah, he uh, he just he looks up to me so much, which just it melts my heart. So I th- I think that he sees me going to the gym and and eating what I eat. Uh, shit, he knows more about nutrition than I think most Americans do right now at the age of seven. Just yeah. from from him watching me eat, and you know, I try to explain things to him. Um, I would never push them into it, but if they showed interest into, in it, I would uh, I would definitely guide them and help them out. As tall as they are, I mean, body bodybuilding is not a tall man sport. Like I'm one of the tall ones when I'm out there competing. Um, the average bodybuilder I think is like five foot seven, and if these kids are going to be anywhere as tall as I think they're going to be, bodybuilding would not be their thing. No, no way. So, so you still want to go back? Oh, I, I without a doubt, one hundred percent, I'll be on stage again someday. Absolutely, no. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's just a matter of time. And this, like I said, it was just, it crossed my mind maybe about a week ago. Actually, it was one of my last uh, Google searches was uh, I typed in congestive heart failure and bodybuilding to see yeah. if many bodybuilders have actually been on stage while having congestive heart failure. And there was maybe one or two. There wasn't many, but uh, I, fi- I figure, you know, what better success story than, uh, you know, defying the odds and whipping yourself into some phenomenal shape while having a shitty heart. So now you were saying before you were at 30% and your goal was to be at 40% uh, in how long? How the hell did you know that? Facebook. <laughs> so actually today, so today, so. Your life is on Facebook. Um, so I just, so I had my first checkup this past Friday and um, at the end of the appointments, um, he wanted to schedule an echocardiogram, which would basically show what your heart is performing at. Um, that's how they determine my heart was at 30%. Well, when I left the doctor's office this past Friday, he says, let's let's schedule this echocardiogram for about a month from now, about four weeks. I said, sure, no problem. And 
again, me being competitive as shit is like, all right, when I do that next echocardiogram, my fucking heart is going to be better. I'm going to be at least 40%, at least. I like, I feel like I'm going to try to defy the odds and, and have the doctors look at me like I'm some sort of freak of nature yeah. and do something that's not possible. So actually it was just today, uh, midday today, the, the, the doctor's office called, uh, the echocardiogram is actually this Friday. No. So, um, it was pretty much one month ago, maybe, maybe five weeks ago that I got diagnosed with a congestive heart failure. So it was five weeks ago that I had my echocardiogram where they, they saw my heart was only 30%. Even though it's only been five weeks, I am still determined that when I go in and do this echocardiogram this Friday, that there will be some sort of improvement. I don't know how much, but, uh, I feel like if I could be at 40% within five weeks, that would, that would be amazing. Um, ex- well, especially considering the doctor told me that, so an interesting s- statistic, and you, you wouldn't think this, um, an average adult heart does not pump out at hundred percent that the average American heart is somewhere between 60 to 80%. So if I can get my heart between 60 to 80%, I would be considered normal, just like a normal person. And that was one of the questions I asked them in the, the appointment I had Friday was, how long on average do you think it would take for me to get my heart back up to a good range? And his answer was probably a couple years. No. So my goal is to do that in maybe six months. I don't know if it's possible, but uh, I'm a big man of faith, obviously. Um, between pr- prayer, um, healthy lifestyle choices, minus the cigar, <laughs> and disarono. <laughs> um, no, I am de- I'm determined to 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 kick to kick uh kick some major ass in this uh um i'll never get rid of it once you have congestive heart failure have it for the yeah. rest of your life um i'll be on medicines till the day i die but uh well if, if you remember on facebook um he said there's three categories people fall into once they're diagnosed with congestive heart failure either a third of them go downhill and things get bad real quick and usually ends up in death at some point yeah Another third just kind of maintains and, and doesn't change, doesn't get better, doesn't get worse. And the last third will actually improve. So he seems to think because of my age and my fitness level that I, he thinks, and again, this is just, this is just an educated guess. He thinks that I'm going to get better. So regardless of what he thinks, I am going to get better. I'm uh, my goal is to have my heart back up to a healthy range within six months. Yeah. So, so you threw out the stat with the the average American heart is between sixty and eighty percent. Um, any idea what the stat is on the rest of the world? Or I don't know. I think of the American um, diet, the, the average American diet, and I, I could see. Um, well, I, I mean, I think yeah. I mean, I think when he says like the average American is it between sixty and eighty percent, I think that's factoring in the average American. Um, What's well, I no? I, I was. Like, I'm guessing any the only type of person that would be like at 100 percent would be somebody that would be extremely young, extremely well conditioned, uh, a top level athlete would probably be somewhere to the like 90 to 100 percent range. But considering the average American is not very healthy, well, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's where that's. I, I think I think that's where that stat comes from is 60 to 80 percent, which you'd think if somebody told you, well, your heart is producing at 60 percent, that doesn't sound like a very good number. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I didn't know if, uh, he told you like what the rest of the world was at or, or just America. Um, yeah, he just, he said the average American, which the Chinese and Japanese are probably like 90, a hundred percent. No, no, those little short fuckers over there being all healthy and shit, <laughs> eating their sweet and sour chicken. And so now I, I normally stay away from, uh, politics and religion and whatnot, but, uh, that, that is something that, that I have noticed, uh, you know, you, you do promote the fact that you are you are a man of God, 
Um, so ha- has it always been like that, or is that a, a, a change within the recent years? Um, no, actually, I feel like that's always been that way. I can remember um, at a really young age, you know, back in our Edison days, back in elementary, I can remember thinking and being positive, like, if I ever died, I, I am without a doubt going to heaven. Um, I didn't really pray a lot when I was a kid, um, but I had, I don't know, a bond, a relationship with God. You know, like, I just, I, I always believed in him. Um, my parents took me to church occasionally when I was a kid, but um, Ken Frankis, his his whole family was very Catholic, and I would stay the night at his house all the time. And if I stayed the night at his house on a Saturday night, we were going to church Sunday morning. Yeah. So I went to church with him a lot on Sunday mornings. Um Honestly, something I've always been just very fascinated with, like the Bible and like the stories and, you know, just the history behind it. Um, It's just something that's always just, it's been very fascinating to me. So from a very young age, I've always been very certain of my my bond with God and that I was going to heaven. Um, If I was to talk about half of my sins, I'd probably rethink that. But uh, (laughs) um, I, I got really heavy back in a church maybe about four or five years ago. Um, actually, I got baptized. I, I was never baptized as a child. I got baptized two years ago. Um, and the cool thing was is I actually got to baptize Brady, my oldest son. So me and him got baptized at the same time. And that's actually one of my tattoos. I don't know if I showed you. Well, that's, um, I noticed uh, you, you've got some Marvel on your arm. Yeah, you know what? I haven't posted it on Facebook yet. but uh, So that's that one there, the date we got baptized. Oh, okay. And then I have this, the silhouette of us holding hands together. Nice. But I just got all that finished off there. All right. I am a superhero junkie. Actually, I, I see so, that. Well, so we'll see. But tomorrow being where, win- Wednesday, where, where did the elephants come in? Uh, so if you look, it's like a, it's a father son. Oh, okay. so the, the story behind this is, I started out with just Brady's name on my forearm. Yeah, and had nothing else on here. Well, I had my Superman. Um, everything on my arm, I've either let my son pick out or I've dedicated toward him. You don't mind if I? Oh, go ahead. That's we're talking about it. I might as well. So he's always been overly fascinated by elephants. So I figure, why not put a that's father-son cool. elephant on there? Yeah, that's cool. yeah. Everything on here. All these are. I let. I literally asked him who all his favorite superheroes were. So these yeah. are all the characters he picked. Um, this is my newest. The the Jason, the goalie with the sticks, the the cross, the date we got baptized. So. Nothing on here yet other than his name. So when he gets a little bit yeah. older, I'm going to give him the same treatment. I would yeah. say as long as it's not Barbie or My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might get a little too much attention over at the, uh, at the dancing joint. <laughs> yeah, pe- people, might, people might not believe that I'm straight anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you're straight, huh, Charlie? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, my, so my son's three. And he he's getting into you know a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <coughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Wrong pipe. Uh, yes. Wrong pipe. That's always good. Oh, uh, water. Do you need water? No, no, or? I'm good. All right. Um, that off. Nice. But yeah, starting to starting. He he's starting to pick out certain things. Like uh, I think I think he's a fan of Captain America. Uh, that seems to be what he gravitates towards. It's like, funny, my two and a half year old. I think that's his favorite. Yeah, and he can't say Captain America. He just says America, America. Yeah, but that's the thing is, like, I, I, I don't have time to watch anything. What are you looking for? Sorry. Oh, uh, the freezer. I'm sorry. Well, that's what I was getting ready to, to say. Is we'll see tomorrow is supposed to be the release of the next Avengers movie or the uh, the trailer. The trailer is supposed to release tomorrow. Oh, okay. See, that's so I, you haven't seen the movies. 
No, I I'm up to date up to Infinity Wars, and I've had Infinity Wars on my on my shelf well, been, since it came out. There's been one more, uh, Wasp and Ant Man. Yeah, have you seen that? No, no. That's okay. I'm I'm up to date with all of them up until uh, Infinity Wars, but I'm so far behind. Like I never watch anything anymore, um, and I haven't watched uh, Avengers because I figured wait until me, my wife, and my son could all watch it together. Um, you know, but that's the hard thing. It's like whenever, whenever all three of us are together, it's, uh, you know, it's not sitting down watching TV. You know, so. Um, Speaking know. of TV, Kathy actually just brought over a fire stick this past weekend. Yeah. Holy shit! Talk about like life changing. I'm like never leaving the couch ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, broken. I was up. Yeah, it's a broken yeah, one. So yeah. all the movies at the theater are on there, but. Uh, I mean, this is like worse than like video games. I was up to like two or three a.m. last night watching all the Saw movies. I don't yeah. know if you know this, but there's like 27 Saw movies. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Right it's ridiculous. It's, God, I thought they, I thought it, they stopped at like Saw Part Three. There's no, like literally eight Saw movies. I, I think I've seen the first two. I didn't want to uh, on couch potato, but yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. Like for a living? Yeah. Well, she's my sugar in, mama. In, in general, <laughs> sugar mama. You're in, right. <laughs> in general, so. Well, uh, uh, obviously you work out at, uh, out you know, lifetime. Charlie's lifetime. gym. Lifetime. Okay. Right. Lifetime. I've Charlie for a little over two years. Going about two and a half. Yeah. Lost, what, 40 pounds with you? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just move that a little bit closer. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. So you, you started, you started using Charlie as, as your trainer. As my trainer, right. And you've lost 40 pounds about in how 40 long? 40 pounds. Um, about two years. Two years. 95, was, 90 something was, total. She was a heifer yes. when I met her. She was like Large Marge. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> nice. Always had a way with words. Remember that from Pee Wee Herman? Yep. I appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. I've come a long way. <laughs> now you have. I have, yes. So you guys have been sharing the cigar. Uh, any any thoughts from either one of you on the cigar? Extremely mild. Like, uh, is, it, is it too mild for you? Or? No, actually, no, it's, 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 it's believe right. it. It's actually got yeah. a. Yeah. This is probably a bad thing that you got me doing because I can actually see myself doing this now. Oh, uh, see, that's it's got. It's actually got a, a pretty decent flavor. It's very mild, it's but very it's. Mild, uh, right. I kept trying to like pinpoint what the flavor was. It's. Um, it's, it's even got like a good aroma. It's got a good smell. Usually, I'm not a big fan of like a. You know, old guy goes walking by with a cigar and yeah. says, like, "Ah, it fucking stinks." You know, right. it's like this has got a. It's got a good smell. Right. Yeah, that's you know that that's one of the things that I I like about doing this, especially with people that don't normally smoke cigars, is at the end of it hearing, "Would you do this again or not?" And most of the time, it's like, ah, yeah, you you know, I I would expect, ah, maybe everyone's, but the majority of the time, it's like, yeah, I could get into this, you know. I was I thought I was gonna have the hardest time on the planet not inhaling. I thought it was gonna for some reason I don't know why I guess because I've never really smoked a cigar before. I thought it was gonna be very hard to just puff on it. Yeah. No, it's been a nice. it's been a walk in the park. Yeah, right. this is a very yeah. very mild cigar. It's very mild. Oh, good. I'm 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 glad you're enjoying it at least. You know, um, much much more mild than that CBD joint that. She <laughs> <with>. <laughs> well, I, now now I could only imagine that that you're smoking the CBG CBD joint just the same as you would any other joint. So and it smells and tastes just like a joint, regular joint. It and fucking fries your lungs. I it, see. That's that's it always does. been it's always been harsh. Smoking anything. Oh, like it's harsh. That, it's, 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 it's it's actually harsh. pretty. It gets me coughing up a lot. I, I was a cigar smoker for I don't know, probably close to twenty years. You know, I, I quit three three and a half years ago uh, smoking cigarettes, and you know, 
even when I was a, a heavy smoker, you know, if, if I was to smoke anything like that, it, it would it would kill me. We you know? we smoked we smoked one last week for the first time, and I could not stop coughing. Man, <laughs> did it fucking burn my lungs. So how's your how's your uh, experience been with CBD so far? Mm. In in any form, um, you know what? It's it's something I've actually done a little research on, like when it first became like a hot thing about a year, year and a half ago. Um, I think the main reason most people uh, use it as a supplement is is number one. I think it's a cancer fighter. That's kind of like the the big rage about it now. But um, there really there's really no bad side effects from it. For at least from what I've read, there's you know it's not addicting. Um, in general, I will say it's very very mild. Would be the the number one thing that I would say is I think most people are expecting to try it for the first time and ex- expecting to feel like something crazy. Yeah. They're expecting to feel like high or super chill or mellow. Um, it's a very, very mild, mild effect. Um, almost think of like Xanax, but like one, one twentieth of a Xanax pill. It's, um, I mean, you almost have to like sit there and, and ask yourself, like, am, am I feeling relaxed yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't feel it's, it. It's just kind of a, it's a mellow, chill feel. Um, a lot of people take it for anxiety that have panic attacks, um, depression. Um, it does work really well as an anti-inflammatory. Actually, the interesting thing is, is one of my clients, he's from Serbia, I guess over in Europe, uh, CBD and hemp and, and cannabis is, is really, really big for like cancer and stuff like that. And, um, my my dad, he's still battling cancer, but he got diagnosed with stage four cancer about a year ago, and he would not stop talking about CBD and uh, CBD oil. And they, I guess the crazy thing is, is what these Europeans do is they take CBD oil capsules and they no. stick them up their butt. No. I guess that's the best way of delivery. He's like, yeah, you got to tell your dad, which my dad's seven years old. Yeah, you got to get him these CBD oils and have him stick it in his ass. I'm like, yeah, my dad's going to be all for that. Let me t- yeah. let me tell you. Hey, dad, I got you this bottle of pills. Stick these in your ass yeah. and you're going to yeah. get better. So. Um, CBD is expensive as shit, though. We went downtown to the CBD oil shop, uh, was it about a week ago? And these little bottles that are roughly 15 servings are $100 a piece. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I don't know I gotta I gotta check his prices. Uh, um, one of my buddies has a, a CBD company, and <coughs> like, you know, it's he, he's gonna be. I I I'm pretty sure it's open, but I'm not positive, so I won't I won't speak much of it. But um, you know that's he. It seems to be. Right now, if I had a if I if I had a large money invest, I would probably go into CBD. It's becoming such a hot popular yeah. thing with but, with the way cancers popping up everywhere. Yeah, and I I think from from what I hear, like the anti-inflammatory aspect alone is so worth it. Yes, so that's that's another reason I've been using it almost daily. So I originally picked it up just uh, just to help with my panic attacks. So ever since I got diagnosed with a congestive heart failure, I've been having panic attacks left and right. The second I feel my heart or my chest start to do something funny. My brain starts to tell me I'm dying. So I originally picked the CBD up only to fight off panic attacks, but I've been using it pretty much daily for exactly what you said. It's um, if you have an organ that's damaged or any type of, let's say you got a bad shoulder, bum knee, it works very well as an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So it's something, uh, it's got many uses. Let's say uh, you have um, arthritis or... um, was that fibromyalgia? Um, yeah. You know, anytime, 
it's it's a pain reliever it's an anti-inflammatory um you know and when i'm saying anti-inflammatory anything you might have off in the body you know it's it's going to help uh heal and fix and the big one is it's supposed to actually fight off and kill cancer cells. I think that's yeah. I think that's like the main reason it became a hot thing. Well, there's that, and then the the epilepsy. Well, I, I don't yeah, know oh, if it's yeah. necessary epilepsy, but you know the the seizure disorders uh, in in kids, uh, and there you know a lot of very positive results with 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 kids that have really bad seizure disorders. Um, but so, were you? Did you ever have any issues with anxiety before? <laughs> The heart condition or no? Um, no, that's actually one of, uh, so the doctor seems to think that I had, um, that, that my congestive heart failure probably just set in within the last few months. And actually it was just a few months ago that I started dealing with panic attacks. And actually Kathy was probably around for some of them where I would just, I would start to breathe. I, I could just be sitting at the house watching TV and I would, I would, feel very like winded and I, I would start breathing heavy and it's like oh shit what what, what the hell's happening why, why am I breathing heavy and um it, it sounded like a panic attack but what the doctor said was because my heart was so weak I wasn't able to deliver the oxygen my body no. needed and my body would start to get winded and um no these these panic attacks have been definitely brought on by my heart condition and it's it fucking sucks to be honest um me and her just were coming back from one of my son's hockey games this past weekend. And anytime I feel anything going on with my body, if it has to do with my breathing or my heart rate or my chest, um, my brain automatically tells me I'm either having a heart attack or a stroke and my brain just literally scrambles yeah. and it, it feels like I'm dying. It's, Oh shit. Fuck. Oh God. Something's happening. Something's happening. I, I need this. I need that. Um, the doctor did give me a prescription for Xanax. Um, but when if, if anybody has had panic attacks and can relate, and I guess it's a pretty common thing, they come on quick, they come on fast, they come on hard. Yeah. And uh, Xanax takes a little while to work. So if a panic attack comes on hard and fast and you start freaking the fuck out and you think it's the end of the world and you pop a Xanax, like you got you gotta to wait a while. while to wait. Yeah, you got to wait. And that's those are some rough minutes to wait before that Xanax starts to kick in. So as the, the CBD helped with... The panic attacks, like uh, you know, you start to have a panic um, attack. Do you, do you dose CBD or a little, a little bit, it, a little bit? So actually, so uh, when I've used it, probably the most is um, when I when I get into the gym and I actually work out. Um, I notice I get winded very easy because my heart's so shitty. So my brain realizes that, like, oh shit, Charlie, you're getting winded. Something bad's going on. Your heart's bad. Like. Uh, your brain starts to like scramble and freak out that you're about to die. So I'll take some CBD oil at the beginning of my workout and it kind of just mellows and chills your brain out. Um, panic attacks are just there. It's basically a mind fuck. It's your brain telling you something that's going on. That's not really going on. Yeah. Um, your brain will tell you that you're having a heart attack and dying when in reality your, your odds are you're probably okay. Well, like um, the, the reason I ask about that is, you know, my wife, she's got anxiety issues, and I keep telling her to try CBD. She doesn't want to. And, you know, that that's why I was asking about the anxiety aspect of it. So, um, it's It does help with the anxiety. It does give you a very chill, mellow feel. Um, the only downsides are, is number one, it does get expensive. It, it gets very expensive, and at least with me, I built a tolerance up super, super fast. I'm talking within, like, a matter of weeks. I went from using the absolute lowest dose oil 
to literally two weeks later, the absolute highest dose oil, which is like 100, 100 bucks a, a bottle. So there is a, a tolerance. Oh, aspect. at least for me. I don't know how yeah. other people are with it, but um, the more often I use it, the more I have to use to actually get an effect. Um, I will say that uh, it makes you sleep like a motherfucker. Well, that, you have some crazy dreams. You that's, sleep that's, deep. That's another thing. Like she, you know, she has trouble sleeping. Oh man, but. CBD will help you sleep very deep. It will give you some very, very vivid dreams. I actually did a little reading on that on other CBD users that have experienced some like really wild dreams. Um, and there are some people actually take it just for that. They take it right before bed just to help them sleep a little bit deeper. I mean, it's other than the price. It's it's a win win across the board. I mean, it helps you sleep better. It gets rid of anxiety. It's um, it lightens your mood. It's a cancer fighter. It's an anti-inflammatory. It's uh, I think that's why it's become such a hot thing right now. And you're you're seeing these CBD shops pop up everywhere. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's a good addition. I think anybody's life if you can actually afford it. Yeah, yeah. On the on the flip side, I think you you can pick up a very um, a low milligram bottle. I think for what thirty bucks roughly. And the and the cool thing is 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 the CBD shop we found out in Chicago. They have CBD everything. They have you got any more of those? Uh, I do the caramels. They're the, like little like caramel <laughs> candies. They got yeah. gummy worms. They got the CBD joints. They got teas. They have everything. Ev- anything you can think of on how to consume it and actually make it taste good or enjoyable. It's they ha- they make CBD everything nowadays. Yeah. Uh, vape pens, oils that you just you, you you let the oil sit underneath your tongue. Some of the candies are fucking delicious. Um, it's 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 a hot thing, and when we were at that shop, it was a Sunday night, and it was raining out. I mean, it was like a shitty night out on a Sunday night, and there was tons of people coming to the shop. Like, just it, they stay very busy in there, right? Very busy. That's a moneymaker. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, did did we cover everything? Um, bodybuilding, <laughs> dancing, dancing, book covers. Uh, well, CBD, uh, fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's what got me into all this crazy shit. I just, I, uh, it was bad. So that, that was, that's kind of another part of the story. The fat kid thing is, um, is me and Kathy, we're actually, well, so I just got done training her tonight at the gym. We actually, we just left the gym. I just got done with her training session. And, um, I was talking about how I have to get my self-esteem a little bit better and you would think somebody that's a dancer and a model and a bodybuilder would be just the most arrogant, cocky asshole on the planet that just thinks that they're absolutely perfect and gorgeous. Um, no, I, I struggled big time with self-esteem. Um, but I think what did it, hopefully my dad does not listen to this, um, when I was a kid and I was a fat kid, my fucking dad just would beat the shit out of me mentally all the time. It was fat this, fat that, shut your fat mouth, take your fat ass to your room. Um, but it, it took a toll on me. And even though that was back in my childhood, you know, even now at 37 years old, it's still like permanently burning my brain. Um, but I, I think that is the, the main reason that I got into personal training and bodybuilding. Um, you know, probably why I enjoy doing the modeling thing so much is because I went so many years of hating the way I looked and hating the way I felt. Oh uh, shit, man. And it, it's, it's funny being a model because you're in front of a camera all the time. I can remember getting into giant arguments with my mother. It would be like Christmas or Thanksgiving, and she'd want to get all the kids together, all the cousins for a picture. 
and I would I would be sitting out. She's like, "Come on, Charlie, get get in there for a picture." I'm like, "No, I'm not taking a picture." No, Charlie, get your ass in there. Let's come on, let's just take a picture. I'm like, "No, I'm not fucking taking a picture." And I just because I hated the way I looked so much, I refused to get in front of a camera, and now I'm getting paid yeah. to get in front yeah. of a camera. It's very ironic how that ironic. that works. Yes. So that you know, you mentioned your dad, uh, you know, and I, you know, essentially fat shaming whatnot. Um, now, when I grew up, you know, out, out of my group of friends, I, I was the I was the fat kid. Um, you know how I, you know, Jamie, Jeremy, uh, Angelo, you know, a bunch of bunch of skinny kids, whatnot. Um, but yeah, there wasn't too many of us fat kids, was there? No, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were the minority. Yeah. So it's obviously different coming from a parent, uh, but as, as you know, all all of us. You know, our group of friends, like, all we did was talk shit to each other. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we, were, we were pretty fucking brutal to each other. Well, I you still know? do that. I, I told Kathy, I was like, the more shit I talk about you is probably the more I care for you and love you. Yeah. So, and trust me, he does that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you say that with such affection. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, we used, to, we, used to, we used to make fun of each other all the fucking time, childhood. Oh, yeah. So, how, how do you feel about, I mean, so you do it too. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Obviously, a different story coming from a parent, but as far as fat shaming goes between friends and whatnot, um, you know, what, what's your opinion on that? Um, because I've str- at least with that particular topic of, 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 of fat shaming, um, God, I would really have to be pissed at somebody um, to like really call somebody fat. Like, I'd have to be pissed mean off. It. Oh, yeah. yeah in, in a negative like, way. You'd have to really push some buttons for me to like go that low yeah. um because i dealt with that in the past i know how bad it hurts so you'd have to really dig deep and like pull something out of me for me to go that route um to know, I know. but e- but even yeah. like with my friends <laughs> like i've never ever like talked like bad about your weight or if anything i just i try to build you up um yeah god man even like i'm, I'm trying to think like with my closest of friends I don't, I don't think i'd ever call any of my friends like fat ass or yeah. um well, you were a fat ass, but I would never call you that. <laughs> All right, so so from your perspective, like, I, uh, you know, you've you've lost forty pounds. Like, did uh, fat shaming like was that ever an issue with you or? No, I mean, I gained. I was really thin. Well, she's got an interesting story. She was ninety five pounds at one yeah, point. Eighty five. No. I lied on my license. I was I lied that I was a hundred pounds because I was eighty five up oh. until I had my kids. Yeah. And God, then I, I weighed, gained a I, lot. I weighed of that when I was like five. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was what, 26 when I had my my son, and I was uh, I gained a lot of weight with him. Gained, no. it was life changing, life changing. So, then both kids, five years apart, 160 pounds later. Yeah. 160 pounds. Jeez. Yeah. So, how old are your kids now? Um, 10 and 14. 10 and 14. Yeah. So All right. I ballooned. <laughs> but but you've since lost uh, since lost 95 you, you, 90 a little over 90 you you seem to be so. pretty healthy now i think uh, so i mean i hope so <laughs> i i don't know how to i don't know how to how to address it you know being right. I, i've never met you before tonight right. and right. you know talking about weight with a woman in general is is always a touchy a 500 pound leg press a 500 pound leg press yes that's I. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what that's I could. That's because of him. Yeah, that's. I'm not even sure what I could leg press. I I know bench pressing, um, 
I'm I'm weak. Well, I never thought I'd be lifting or pressing or whatever all that. I never thought I'd be doing that, right? Yeah. Oh, she's she's strong as a freaking ox. I never thought I'd be doing all that. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. No, she's she's turned into a little powerhouse. Yeah. Actually, to be completely honest, and this is not being biased, she's she's probably stronger than ninety nine point nine percent of the females in the gym. Yeah. And shit, when I met her two and a half years ago, she was starting from nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she could barely do, like, body weight lunges, and she would get winded, and just, she'd be hyperventilating. She's, she's come a long way. Well, that's, that's basically how I feel, man. Like, a, you know. Uh, you need to hire Charlie. I, I do. That's, <laughs> I, I would, I would ask him advice every once in a while, but uh, Try, I, I never convert. had, I never had the free time to actually get to the gym or anything, so. Having um, congestive heart failure, I get winded just wiping my ass nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> but that's you know when I when I I, I did make a, a a decent effort when when I was uh, you know heavy into the ketogenic diet. Um, you know, for the first month I didn't do shit, but you know, still lost weight. Um, it's a lot diet though. So it, I, so yeah. I will say, being diet. a trainer, it is number one diet. Right. But I will say. Exercise is a very, very close second. Well, that's like, right. I, started, I started running, and I would do random shit at the gym, like after a run, but like walking up to the machines, I would never know. Like I, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know yeah. anything. Yep, you know that's exactly how I was. That's why I hired him. Yeah. Because I said I go. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, even then, I mean, I have a lot of clients that they know what they're doing. They just flat out need that push. If they're by themselves, they're only going to lift. They're only going to lift yeah. X amount. Yeah. Um, they're going to go really slow. They're going to take their time. Um, yeah, Kathy in particular, she <laughs> she needs she needs to be worked. She needs to be pushed. Yeah. She likes. It's like right before she's getting ready to start her set, she's like, "Oh my god, I, I got to tell you what happened today at work." I'm like, "All right, cool." After the set, no, 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 just wait, wait. You got to hear this. Damn it, Kathy, do your set. So I, I feel like I I would be. I would be such a little bitch when I started. Like if I had, if I had a trainer, I would I would just be. Oh, I bitch all the time. Um, <laughs> you know what? To be completely honest, even even myself, years. I've been lifting for twenty two some years. Um, I mean, it's a little different with my heart issues, but um, e- even back when I was like in really good cardiovascular shape, if I had a trainer put me through a workout, I'd probably get my ass beat. Like it's no. it's a completely different world. It's different, right. When you're lifting on your own, right. you go at your own pace with what feels comfortable. Um, when you have a trainer yelling at you or, or pushing you outside your comfort zones, it's, it's tough. Like tonight? It's, you know, and I always say like, uh, yeah, I beat the shit out of her tonight <laughs> in, in her workouts. Um, but the way I put it is the, the best athletes on the planet, Michael Jordan, uh, The Rock, they all have trainers, they have dietitians, they have people that, that push them and beat the shit out of them. Otherwise they wouldn't be at the level that they're on. Yeah. I, I still think it's 90% diet. I always say that. Um, I always no, say that. my motto is it's it's one hundred percent diet, one hundred percent exercise. Okay. Like yeah. you in real in reality, you have to have both of them clicking you for do. you. Yeah, right. I think I would have lost the weight without you, but I would have never toned. Like because I did without you, you, yeah, you that's eat. that's the thing. Right. Like I was I was losing weight, um, and like I said, I, I started running a bit. I started doing a little bit, uh, you know, on the machines and whatnot, and I, I took a long break. Uh, well. I took a couple of short breaks and now a long break. Uh, you know, the when when we got married, I, I took a break, uh, got back into it, and then, uh, oh no, 
first first we went on vacation. I took a long break. Then we got married. I took a short break. Vacations. And then um, do it. Now now I'm in I'm in that long break, and I tried getting back into it a couple of weeks ago, and then Thanksgiving came around, and um, yeah, holidays. But I I tried. I tried, I tried going for a run, and I said, you know, because I, I was doing the C2 5K, and, um, you know, I, I, was, I was getting pretty far into that. And then when I got back into it a few weeks ago, I, I hopped on the treadmill. It's like, I, I'm just going to see how long I could run until I, until I have to stop. And, like, two minutes into it, I was like, fuck, I got to stop. <laughs> It's like God damn it! Like I, 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 I got to get back into it again so that you know it takes I. A while. It's slow. It's yeah. Slow. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes and no. I mean, it de- it depends on your drive. Yeah, how how aggressive you are in the beginning, but um, like cardiovascular endurance usually builds up pretty damn quick. If uh, if if you're doing some sort of cardio every single day, I, I feel like literally within a matter of weeks you're going to see the difference or feel the difference at least in your in your heart and your lungs. Uh, strength training is a little bit slower. Like it, it's definitely a little bit of a slower process to build muscle and build strength. But like talking about running on the treadmill, like if you're on it on a pretty regular basis, your cardiovascular endurance will build up pretty damn quick within a, literally in a matter of weeks. Well, yeah, that C two five K program, <clears throat> like I I I was completely shocked at at the progress that I would make and and like you know like you said, short amount of time, but. Um, you know, again, like you, you take you take a little bit of time off, and and you're getting back and to getting back yeah, right. getting back to the right. to the beginning. So it, a little bit of time off can set you back real quick. I remember you used to tell me when I first started, just use the stairs, just do the stairs. That's it, stair stepper. Why the hell did I say that? I don't know. You just never said do the treadmill. You never said do anything <laughs> oh. else. Just use the stair stepper. It's oh, the best. because it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. It's the best. Yeah. So I got on that stair stepper, and I would do maybe ten minutes, fifteen. Worked up to 45, started at level three, went to five, got up to level 15. And now I get on, because I haven't done it in a while, and it's been I'm probably on the same as I, when I started. See, levels don't mean shit to me. <laughs> I've never been <laughs> never been on a stair stepper. Stair steppers uh, are brutal. Stair I, I, I am, brutal. I, I am brutal. curious because, uh, you know, whenever I do go to the gym, I always see somebody walking sideways up the steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or backwards. Yeah, or backwards. Back, or yeah. backwards. I, I haven't seen I too much there, of that. But, or or, or they kick their leg up back I behind did, yeah. them. And, I did double you know. step for a while. So, um, I just had something. I Oh, so when you became a uh, personal trainer... Uh, it seemed like you had to, uh, I, I remember you mentioning you had to learn every single muscle in the body. It's one of those ones and you forget it just as quick as you learn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, to be completely honest, you can, um, ah, God, so there's so many different certifications out there, but they're all for the most part, very similar. Um, shit, they're probably, all the books are anywhere from 500 to a thousand pages. Um, I don't know if I want to say it's comical, but um, you can become a personal trainer and never work out a day in your life. I mean, you, you more or less can study the books, read read the online material, and become a certified personal trainer. And the stuff that they want you to learn in the books and what the tests are, it's a joke. I mean, the stuff that they, the questions that they ask you to, uh, you know, to pass these tests to become a trainer, it's it's nothing you would use in real life applications. Um. With with the the exception of like how to train a pregnant lady or somebody with heart issues, um, 
you know, they don't really teach you anything about nutrition or supplements. Um, you know, it's proper hand positioning. If you're going to bench press, where do you hold on to the bar? What muscle should, should you feel activating? It's, you know, it's like learning the bones and the joints and the, the, the transverse and the, the different planes of motion. Like you're, you're not going to apply that to a client. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was one of the, let, let's put it this way. I, I've got two or three different certifications. They didn't teach me jack shit. No. From all my years of lifting prior to, like, that's where my education came from was just literally hands-on. Uh, the best way I put it is you wouldn't want to go to a dentist that had jacked up teeth and, like, missing teeth. You wouldn't want to go get your hair cut by a hairstylist that had just a horrible fucking haircut. Um, you know, I feel like the same goes for a hey, personal style, trainer. Styles in the eye of the beholder there, buddy. Oh, that's true. <laughs> your, your hair is looking pretty spiffy over there. Oh, oh yeah. I actually yeah. Was, I was telling her about it on the way here. You still grow your hair out every every year for St. Baldrick's? Yeah. Every yeah, year, right? Yeah, every year. Uh, dye green, I, right? I, or no, 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 you dyed all kinds of different colors, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I cut my hair once a year, and uh, that's that's when they shave Wait, it that's for literally, you, that's what you cut your hair one time a year? Yeah. Because I, I told her, I'm like, this dude fucking grows a crazy and, afro. And, and He's and, white, but he grows and, an afro. And, and for the record, I, I can't stand my hair. That's, uh, now, now when, when we were growing up, when we were growing up, how, how many times did you see me with hair longer than like an inch and a half? Yep, no. That's, I, nope. I've always hated my hair because my hair is so damn curly, whatnot. I let it grow out once uh, for about a year and a half between a year and a half and two years and you know had fun with it i i got cornrows i you know i had the big <laughs> afro i had um uh this one i used to hang out at the china doll tattoo shop and one of the regulars friends came in and you know he was this he was this big guy and uh you know just just i i, I hate saying a big black guy but he, you know this this big black guy comes in. I've never met him in my in my life. And you say, God damn, that's a nice afro. <laughs> I said, Well, thank you. He goes out to his car. He says, Here, you need this more than me. And he hands me the black power pick with oh, the long God. the long stainless steel teeth. And you just stuffed and, it in the afro and, 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 and about I, your day. No, man, it was more than that. It was because I, I was using the cheap plastic pick from Walgreens, and I would pick out my afro. Ha ha ha! I'd keep the pick in my hair. You know. But this dude hands me this this big pick, this pick with the long stainless steel teeth and the fist on the end, and I picked my hair out. It added a half inch to my hair. Like <laughs> the stainless steel teeth definitely definitely work better than the than the plastic. But um, so I, I've I've never bought a power pick like that. I've I've always been given them, and I think I've got two now. But I. I've lost a few, but I've always so do you been use, given like, a lot of shampoo and conditioners and stuff. Uh, just... Shampoo, I don't, I don't condition because I'm lazy. Uh, I, I have a beard because I'm lazy. Um, That's how my beard mm. came to be. Is yeah. just out of laziness. Yeah, but yeah, so I yeah, I, I cut my hair once a year. And that's for St. Baldrick's. And what is and that's like a it's a it's a like charity or foundation. Yeah, it's, right? it's for uh, childhood cancer research. So um, yeah, you've and, been doing that for a while. Yeah, what I started, I think. This year will be my ninth year. Wow. Wow. Um, but, so literally for the last nine years, you cut your hair one time a year? Yeah. Wow. Um, it's crazy. And what I started doing five or six years ago was about up until about two weeks before I get my hair cut, uh, whoever makes the highest donation gets to choose what color my hair is. And oh, awesome. so for, for like two weeks, I walk around with, with green or pink, right. purple, orange. Uh, I've had blue. 
Um, well, I think one of the last times I ran into you was uh, we were at Kohl's. This was within the last maybe two years. And I think you were just getting ready to cut it. I think you were cutting it somewhere in Crown Point. Yeah, uh, right? that was when I did uh, the Crown Point Fire Department. That's what it so, was. Uh, that year, I believe it was green. How many years ago was that? Uh, let's see. My cousin's daughter was four, and she just turned eight, I think. So Holy four, shit, four years ago? It was either four or five years ago, God, yeah. It just seemed like it was like two years ago. Yeah, I know. Or less. I know. But... So yeah, and and that's how you know we're cool is I, when when you shop at Kohl's. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, my my cards rock, and they increase my limit for the season. <laughs> but so like the thing about coloring my hair, like I you know it's like all right, you know it'll it'll help get a couple more donations up, you know. Um, but what I what I wasn't anticipating was random donations after the fact, like within that like you know, week and a half, two weeks that I have my hair some crazy color, I always get at least one person that says, you know, what's up with the hair? And I say, oh, you know, I'm doing it for this. They're like, oh, you know, here, here's 10, here's 20. You know, I, I've had a guy give me 50, but never met him in my life, just walking across. Do you ever get pretty decent amounts, like, throughout the course? Uh, last year was just over two grand. Oh, shit. Yeah. So my first year, I think I was at, like, 475. Um, and every year... It's it's progressed, so you it's some? been it's been pretty successful. Um, and do you ever dye your beard? No, uh, yet. Well, the thing is, I'd have to bleach it, and to, you have to bleach it, then dye it. Yeah, is that how it works with yeah. beards? Well, that's. I mean, if if I want to color my beard green, I'd have to bleach it first. You know, to to make it stick for a couple Focus of weeks. A darker color. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I always I always bleach my head, and then dye it. My my friend Ashley, um, her and her husband started a bootleg barbecue here in the region, but um, you know, Ashley's the one that colors my hair every year. Um, but what's your, what's been your favorite color so far? Uh, you know what? The first year was green, and I think that was like it was it was just. Perfect because I, I I have this picture I'll have to post it, but like right after it was dyed, uh, you know I washed it, I I used a blow dryer and I picked it out, <laughs> and I looked like a perfect tennis ball on top of my head. Basically, so I keep saying my head feels like lately. I get like that that fuzz, the tennis yeah, ball fuzz. So but I I I. I basically look like if Bob Ross had sex with a tennis ball, I, w- I was the, the result. Painter. Yeah, I, I was the result. So he do kind of look like Bob Ross. Actually, yeah, you know, the funny uh, thing is, I don't know if I told you this or if anybody else has told you this, but when we were on our way over here, I said, "Have you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds?" Booger. He looks just like Booger. <laughs> he did. He said he looked just like Booger. That's right. I said, "You remember Booger?" She's like, "Yeah, it's been a while." But yeah, that's. Do you get uh, that sometimes? Yeah, I, I think I think Jimmy Sterling's the first one that called me booger back back in middle school, but um, good old Jimmy yeah, Sterling, I, you know, booger Bob Ross. Speaking of Jimmy Sterling, I hope his sister doesn't listen to this, but man, I had the biggest fucking crush on her, like so bad. <laughs> many, <laughs> many nights of fapping to that. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's uh, and she was way way younger than you us too. That's I, you know, I. I don't know if it was because she was so much younger than us. I I honestly can't remember what she looks like. Oh, she's a babe. She's but still a babe. I can't. I can't. I can't remember. She's still a babe, but she's got like seven kids by like 
five different dads. Yeah. And they're all different colors, the rainbow. <laughs> it's like Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I, I can't remember what most people look like that we went to school with, unless unless I've seen them in the past few years. Like my my memory's just shit. But I mean, but when we were in in school, I you know we had we had our little our little clique Click. of four yep. or five people, and outside of that, it was, I didn't give a shit. You know, so well, it was basically the Edison crew that we all lived within you know a few blocks of each other. Yeah, good old South Side of Hammond. That's right. Actually, I just I drove through there. I don't know how often you get to that old neighborhood, but um, um, actually, it was just this past Halloween. I was taking my oldest up to Six Flags Great America, and um, I had to make a pit stop to fill up on some gas. And I got off on the Calumet exit, and I was you know just a matter of minutes from my old house. And I was like, Hey, Brady, you want to see the house I grew up in? So uh, yeah, I drove through the old neighborhood, and man, talk about the memories. Yeah, I mean, like hard. Like I, the, I the drive, memories hit hard. I, I drive through every once in a while. Like my block looks completely different. Oh, so does mine. Um, you know what I've wanted to do? I don't know how long it's been since you've lived in that house, but I so bad want to go into the house I grew up in and knock on the door and ask if I can go inside. Oh, I know who lives there. Oh, you do? Not not your house, our old house. Have you been in? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's been a few years now, uh, but uh, let's see. We got rid of the house. Well, my brother got rid of the house, um, and then we found out that it was this girl that we hung out with in high school a few times like not not on a regular basis but she came to a couple of our parties and you know we used to hang out and whatnot and um you know it was her and her family that bought the house and uh a buddy of mine like she got a hold of him like hey i'm having a party tonight do you guys want to come by it's like fuck yeah at your old house so so we go there and like yeah our our house was a fucking because when my parents moved my brother bought the house and it was us and everybody else you know it, it was the party house you know it and after like when we went to the house for this party we walked inside and it was like holy shit they made this place livable <laughs> it looks trying, like, I, it I looks can, like an actual house i can picture your house in my head you were on the west side of the street yeah you and jamie both were yeah and you guys were only a matter of houses apart right uh, Jamie was about a block and a half away. He was on, was that Jackson? And I was on Monroe. So, for some reason, I thought you guys were almost almost neighbors. Kind of like who downtown. else? Who, who else did you live next to? Near? Uh, I don't think there was anybody on my block. But Jeremy Crowell lived block and a half. I remember playing basketball at his house uh, all the time. Dave Marr. Yeah, Dave Marr was on the same block as Jeremy. Uh, Angelo was on Van Buren. You were on Harrison. Yeah, Angelo. Uh, was Mike Kleich. I was all right. So Mike Kleich. I was basically uh, one block parallel to Mike Kleich. I was on hundred. Um, he was on. I was on the seventy two hundred block. He was on the seventy three hundred block. Yeah, I was on. I, I was seventy three forty four. And Andy Mamula lived the house right behind. Oh, uh, that, that's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry, uh, Mamula. I, yeah. I was like parallel to Mamula. Uh, not Clyde, but the old days. Yeah, I got uh, I got Rhino still. I think I, Matt Mamula too, but uh, I don't know where the fuck Andy's at or what he's up to. I think he put on a lot of weight. Yeah, because he was like, I don't remember. Like the dude had like etched out abs yeah. like all throughout yeah. childhood, and he's uh, he's at a few too many Twinkies. I think from last time <laughs> I saw. But uh, I think I got Rhino and Matt still on my Facebook. But yeah. man, t- talk about memories. Oh, for sure. 
yeah, and, and Hammond back in the day, Hammond was a, the south side of Hammond was a cool place to live. Yeah. I mean, it was low crime. It was, we rode our bicycles all night long. I mean, shit, the, the, the worst that happened was, you know, uh, us running through the fucking neighborhood and, you know, egging houses, knocking, knocking down gar- garbage cans nope. and, you know, maybe smoking under the viaduct, uh, you know. That area went downhill <laughs> really fucking quick, though. Yeah, that's that area took a shit. You know that that'll happen, but so, well, man, uh, think that's about it. I'm freezing my dick off. Yeah, I'm like a that's one inch micro penis <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, the garage started off at about seventy three, and now it's fifty four. So yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So all right, well, uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this, and um, I'll I'll talk to everybody later. Peace. Oh, uh, is there, like, do you have anything you want to promote as far oh, as uh, book-wise um, and whatnot? Oh, God. Um, I like to promote myself. Like, so if you want to get your ass <laughs> in some really good shape, hit me up. Uh, yeah, on I mean, Facebook, any- Charlie Dex Alexander. Um, yeah, Facebook's my main uh, my main source of social media. I, I have both uh, my personal page and my model slash personal trainer page. That's it's still they're both the same name, Charlie Dex Alexander. Um, He's worth it. If you want to come see me shake my junk and do the helicopter on stage, uh, come see me in Chicago. I'm dancing usually every so other week. How exactly do that? Do you do the helicopter if you're wearing? I couldn't do a helicopter right now. It's way too cold. No, no, no. Oh, like you, you said, you said earlier. It's just it's, like, it's, it's, it's very medical metaphorical. <laughs> I don't even know where the helicopter thing came from. I've heard it somewhere. I thought it was funny as shit, but it's kind of hard to do a helicopter when you're wearing boxer briefs. Yeah. So. Actually, though, I think I have pulled it out of my underwear a time or two, haven't I? Yeah, no comment. Yeah, no she's comment. she's got nothing. If nobody's looking, she's, I can I can whip it out of my underwear she, for like a really quick she's, brief she's, she's moment. She's blushing a little bit. But. There's no comment on that one. Yeah. I mean, she saw the so. helicopter, and she cleans my house for free all the time yeah. now. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> So Charlie Dex Alexander, I'll have that in the uh, in the info for the episode. Oh, yeah, definitely follow me too. It's uh, I, I try to keep. Well, no, my inter- my Facebook's not as entertaining as it used to be. It's a lot of kids' pictures, and which sounds so like contradictory. Like, yeah, I'm a dancer and I shake my <laughs> junk and I post pictures of my kids on yeah. my social media. Yeah. Um, I I think I have a fun social media. It's a bit annoying, I'm sure, to most people. So which t- which uh, Lifetime Fitness are you at? Uh, I'm at the one in Orland Park. Um, I believe there's there's now 11 lifetimes in Illinois in the Chicago region. I think there's only two of them in Indiana. They're both in Indianapolis. I but, thought there was a lifetime over here. Oh no, God, hell no. no. They only they only put lifetimes up in very wealthy areas. Oh. Like lifetime is like the Rolls Royce of gyms. It's yeah. they are not cheap. No shit. Um, I mean, even a cheap lifetime, you're looking at seventy, eighty bucks a membership. Yeah. Um. It's it's price, but it's I mean it's the best of the best. It's it's some oh, of the yeah. best trainers. It's, worth it. it's the cleanest, nicest gym on the planet. It's some of the best equipment, very well kept. Um, no, it's it, if you walked into a lifetime, you shit your pants. Like you walk in and there's a full blown spa, indoor outdoor pool, rock climbing walls, water slides, hot tubs, saunas, jacuzzis, really? tennis courts, basketball courts. Um, their daycare is bigger than most gyms. Their daycare has a full blown basketball court in it. It's so daycare. They have daycare too. Oh, it's it's unreal what they have. Um, it's you can let's see, anytime fitness or like any type of like small chain gym, you can probably put twenty of those inside of Lifetime Fitness. Like you get lost walking through the building. It's so big. They're they're huge. 
very very big buildings i mean their their outdoor water park is i mean something you'd expect to see at like a deep river water park like water slides oh shit little like mini lazy river and that's it's like a palace of a gym i love it there i love what i do but man it's it's tough to make a living being a trainer yeah. so hit me that, up come <laughs> come uh come give me some business hit, hit him up for uh training dancing uh book covers i accept tacos as payments yeah big taco fan so. love my tacos all right uh well if that's it did you got anything to promote or just uh no i'm just me just there <laughs> well I, she, I, she can vouch for my ass kicking uh workout sessions yes i can I, I can I, I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and uh, I thank you very much for coming by and talking. So yeah, it was my uh, first cup of Disarono and shit years, and my yeah. second cigar in my life. All right. Wow. Well, success. Wow. It was a good good night. All right. Cool. There you go. That is Charlie Dex Alexander, um, model, dancer, fitness coach, uh, bodybuilder, all kinds of stuff. Um, so. Don't forget, please like, subscribe, rate, review on whatever platform that you're using. Uh, visit me on Facebook, uh, the Herfcast Podcast, and Instagram is the Herfcast Podcast. Twitter is the underscore Herfcast. Email me at brian at theherfcast.com with any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, anything. Uh, hate mail, you know, hey, send it my way. I can't get better if I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So. Don't forget to check out flatbedcigarcompany.com with the coupon code HC25. Um, go on Amazon to find the GoV hygrometers. Uh, use the coupon code HERF4321 on that Wi-Fi hygrometer for 20% off. And check out lovestrands.etsy.com, L-U-V-strands.etsy.com. Use the code HERF for free shipping. Thanks for listening, everybody. Till next time.